We're looking at the certainty of answered petitions. Verses 14 and 15. We've seen the confidence of presenting our prayers last week. 13 and 14. Oh, no, sorry. 13. And now we look at the condition of hearing our prayers. The Lord is the one that listens. We are the one that prays. He's the one that lays down the conditions for him to hear our prayers. And um, there's a, in the outline there, we've just got a lot of references and we'll be looking at those because it's very clear in Scripture that the Lord wants us to be in a certain manner, in condition, and there are regulations in this. And we can pray all we want, and if we're not meeting these things that are listed in the Scriptures, the Lord is not hearing us. And we certainly don't want that. We want the Lord to be hearing us as we pray within the realms of his will. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We can come before you tonight, we already have, and ask for your blessing on the study and, Lord, on the prayer time where we will petition you and we'll go personally before you. I pray, Lord, that there would be a, a blessed time. And, Lord, as we read the word, it would be a blessed time and study. And, Lord, let us be real about our Christian life and ask ourselves the questions that are put here the regulations and conditions that are living in, written in your word that we might be obedient to them and that we would see you work on our behalf as we pray prepared to you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so, various conditions are laid down for gaining God's ear and they're stated and implied in scripture. If we go to the book of Proverbs over in the Old Testament, chapter 15 of Proverbs. We'll read verse 8 and 9 and then verse 29. Proverbs 15, verse 8 and 9. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Following after righteousness. Not walking in the way of the wicked, as Psalm chapter 1 says, but walking in the way of the Lord. And he will hear our prayers. In verse 29, it says that the Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Now, yes, we've been made righteous by the Lord imputed righteousness we've studied that from Romans 4 and Romans 10 but we need to be walking a righteous life as well imputed righteousness but work the works of righteousness which we ought to do as a Christian should be evident and Psalm 66 verse 18 is very pointed 66 18 if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me so it's a matter of the heart, not just the actions. Actions usually come from the heart. If you think on the things, you will, you will eventually do the things. But we are not to regard iniquity in my heart. Didn't the Lord Jesus deal with this with the Pharisees? 
he said, you know, you say, but I say. <laughs> and he elevated the bar. He put the, the bar to jump over higher. And um, if a man looks, looks, he said, and regards iniquity in his heart, the Lord will not hear him. How often we've gone rushing into prayer and we don't confess our sins as First John tells us to before we pray, we ought to. So there's one condition. Don't regard iniquity in your heart, otherwise the Lord won't hear you. John 15, the Gospel of John chapter 15 and verse 7. It says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. What are we to be to have God's ear in prayer? Abiding in him. As it says there, abiding in him. And his words abiding in us. So you must be reading the word for the word to be abiding in you and meditating on it, memorizing it, meditating upon it, musing over it, and so that we can have the ear of God. Abiding in Christ, his word abiding in us. John 16, just across the page, and verse 23 and 24, it says there, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask, the Father, in my name, he, sh he will give it to you. See, he's present with them. This is why this, well, ask me nothing, but ask my Father. Because soon it's going to be that I'm not going to be here. You're going to need to ask the Father, but in my name, he will give it to you. Whatever you shall ask, in my Father's name, he'll give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Asking in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and we've looked at that last week a little bit. To the Father. Ask and it shall be given. Chapter 1 of the book of James. Book of James, chapter 1. And sometimes we'll be going over some of the ones we went over last week. Because I hold different thoughts. James 1. Verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who pops to your mind when you think of asking for wisdom? <laughs> what Old Testament man? Solomon, yes, Solomon. He, he didn't ask for wealth, he didn't ask for riches, he didn't ask for power, he asked for wisdom and God gave him all the other things. An important thing to have in the days in which we live, you need to have wisdom uh, how should we then live? Uh, who was it? Sperry Schaefer wrote a book about that, I believe. And so, <clears throat> if you ask wisdom, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. <laughs> I remember Mr. Wilson saying when I uh, was voted in as pastor, you only a spring chicken. <laughs> no, I, I know he didn't vote for me but he was cordial and cooperated with us and worked with us and I think we had the first men's meetings in his old second hand furniture shop actually but <clears throat> you're only spring chicken what do you know because he was older he's in his 60s in 70 and so what do you know it doesn't matter how old you are it matters how in contact with God you are and you have the wisdom of God from the word of God um, as a young person, as a young pastor, what can you say back to a person like that? 
know, you, without being cheeky, <laughs> without, um, <clears throat> the, there's a lot of thoughts that come to mind. Anyway, <laughs> you could ask them some questions, but we'll leave that. <laughs> we ask God to give us the wisdom that we might be maturer in our faith, growing in the Lord, close to the Lord, and having his ear. Um, <clears throat> ask in faith, as it says there, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. There's a statement for boldness in prayer, isn't it? Right there. <laughs> Don't waver as you come. Ask in faith. Ask boldly, knowing the word, knowing the will of God, asking boldly. And that, what we covered last week, we'll touch on at the end of this, this list here, is in the will of the Lord is very important. James chapter 4. <clears throat> James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. It reads there, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight in war, yet ye have not because you ask not. Is that song that's not in our hymn book, Did You Think to Pray This Morning? I didn't, I'd never heard it until I was. Um, leading the UPA Old People's Meeting there, about 35 when we were going big there. And uh, they, they usually chose hymns at the end. I had to use them, but <clears throat> chose them. They, had, they played, prayed that one. And I thought, yeah, did you think to pray before you left the home this morning? <laughs> or did you rush, rush, rush? And so time, many times we're in a rush. Daniel was in a rush. You think of those years, I believe, as he, as I said on Sunday, that took care of the kingdom along with his three Jewish, Jewish friends that had been elevated to positions of authority. Think of him for those seven years and all the responsibilities he had to do in Babylon. But what did he do? He prayed, as we have recorded, morning, noon and night, didn't he? He had a busy schedule. He didn't have computers. He had handwritten things. He didn't have paper. He had papyrus and he had whatever they wrote on, skins and things of that nature. And, and if you want to slow it down a little bit, chisel, chisel it in a rock like they did in those days. Yeah, he had people doing that for him, I suppose, but he had time. He made time to pray. Um, <clears throat> not feeling fulfilling our desires of ourself, of our own lusts, as it reads here, war, fighting among, come, come they not if any, of your own lusts, war in your memory, ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye have not because ye ask not. Don't pray to consume it on your lusts. We pray for our needs and not our, we say it all the time, greeds. We pray for our needs and not our greeds. Or wants, yes. I <laughs> say, so, First John, chapter 3. Just back there where we were. And verse 22. It says there, 322 of First John. And whatever ye ask, we receive of him, 
because we keep his commandments. That's as good as saying we're walking in his will, knowing his word, his will and his way. We keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. The Lord, is here. his ear is open under the prayers of his people. He wants to work on our behalf, as we mentioned last week. John 5.14, where we left from, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. There's one more, and it's back in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Probably not mentioned much in relation to prayer, but it does mention prayer in this verse. 1 Peter 3, 7. We didn't even look in the Old Testament, or we did with Psalms there once. But <clears throat> it reads in like manner, ye husbands dwell with them, your wives, as it talks about them above, according to knowledge, giving honour unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. That's an important thing, husbands and wives, dwelling with each other according to knowledge, understanding each other, understanding needs and desires, giving honour unto the wife, husbands, as unto the weaker vessel, that your prayers be not hindered. See, there's a lot of things wherein our prayers can be hindered. And we need to take care of those things if the, as the Lord brings them to mind, so that we might have the petitions we ask of the Lord. So prayer is not a convenient device for imposing our will upon God. Who does that almost all the time? What church does that? The charismatics. Imposing their will upon God or bending his will to ours. We're not the ones that answer God is the one that gives and we need to bow to his will <clears throat> so not bending his will to ours but the prescribed way of subordinating our will to his the implication is that we should know what his will is as Ephesians 5:17 says wherefore be not unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is and in Psalms, Psalms chapter 143, verses 9 and 10, it says, Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me in, into the land of uprightness. Teach me to do thy will. Let that be a prayer. Lord, teach me to do thy will, because doing your will, we're going to have the ear of God, and he'll answer our prayers. Uh, <clears throat> it's clearly stated, his will in his word, sometimes staring us in the face, but we don't want to see it. In Acts chapter 21 and verse 14, and this is Paul can't remember exactly what town he was in. I don't know if it was Antioch. Or, and, and, and Paul, and when he, Paul, would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. Now it was in Acts. It was in Acts. <clears throat> he ceased saying, they ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. Because 
they were prophesying and saying, you go down there, you're going to be taken prisoner. Don't do that, Paul. We need you, Paul. Keep going around the churches. Do another. Do a fourth journey, missionary journey. And he wouldn't listen. Some say he was out of the will of God because this was a revelation given to people that they prophesied it would happen. Hey, <laughs> if it was prophesied it was going to happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's like Daniel praying that, you know, we go back to Jerusalem. He knew the will of God. But he, they ceased saying, I, don't, I pray that no one tries to put you in a corner or in a box and saying, this is God's will for your life. <laughs> That's God's business. And they were trying to do that with Paul. Now, Paul went down, yep, he did get captured, but he, he ended up going where God said he was going to go one day, and that was to Rome. It took a while, it took a few years, and a lot of things happened down there. I like when he was down there, he got captured, and they were always preaching, and the people were going to kill him. They, he got so upset him with what he said, and then they were taking him up the stairs, and he said, stop, hold it. I want to talk to these people. You know, the Roman soldiers were dragging him out. And then he just spoke to them in perfect Hebrew. And they go, oh. <laughs> they stopped and listened for a little bit. <clears throat> That's um, marvellous how God used the occasion of even being captured to spread the word of God. <clears throat> even when it's in our face. Sometimes we don't want to see the answer to prayer. And there Paul, <clears throat> in Matthew 26 and verse 42, Christ's resignation to his Father's will, as we mentioned this last week, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, because he knew it was God's will, that he must die, he must go to Jerusalem. He had already told the disciples three occasions that he was going to die. They didn't like it, especially Peter. But it, if this cup can, but it won't, I know it's for me to partake of this cup. Except I drink it. Thy will, he said, be done. And over in the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel chapter 9, we mentioned this one last week. Let me read verse 1 and a couple of verses here. In the first year of Darius, the son of Arashim, Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign this is after Babylon's been taken and captured by the Medes and Persians I, I Daniel understood by books the number of the years what books? Yep and, and he said books, plural. I don't know. There, it's not mentioned elsewhere, is it? He may have had, maybe as in Enoch. <laughs> but he was reading, and particularly Jeremiah, because he mentions that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish seventy years in desolation of Jerusalem. I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth. It times up, times to pray. And I said last week, I encourage you, pray for Israel. <laughs> pray for their repentance. 
because it's going to happen. Now, while we're here, but it's going to happen afterward, and it's so close. We, we can see the writing on the wall, as so to speak. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made confession. He, he, he confessed sins. We have sinned. He, he said it about all of them in verse 5. And committed iniquity. We have done. So he approached the Lord correctly. And while I was speaking in verse 20 and praying and confessing my sin and the sins of the, my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, Zion, back in Jerusalem. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly and touch me about the time of the evening oblation. He got an answer to prayer. He was praying in the direct will of God. And I think we're almost confident today we can pray in the direct will of God for things, people, events, situations, nations, family. And <laughs> is Gabriel going to turn up? No. <laughs> no. No more revelations. No more answers to prayer like that. But the Lord will answer to prayer. He, he, he desiring us to pray that way. And inform me, and then, as we said last week, the greatest, one of the greatest revelations of Scripture in a few verses stretched out the timeline for Israel and what, what was going to happen. Amazing, short, brief, understandable prophecy. He got an answer. He got an answer. This is what's going to happen next. And if, if and I think some of them, like Simeon in the temple knew it was about time for the Lord to come. Because they could have read Daniel chapter 9, the answer to a prayer that was given to Daniel. So let's be earnest about our prayer. The commitment to answering our prayer, and um, <clears throat> back in that passage of Scripture in verse 15, and if we know that we hear, that he heareth us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. This word know here, we've mentioned a few times, 40 times in 1 John, 25 times it's a translation of a word meaning knowledge, 15 times a translation of a word meaning absolute knowledge, intuitive knowledge. Now, <clears throat> when we pray... What can be the three different answers we get? Yes, no, wait. Yep. Yes, no, and wait. And uh, <laughs> that was in our daily devotions on the 16th, back, what, five days ago or so? What constitutes, constitutes answered prayer? We usually thank the Lord when we have a yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've got an answer. <laughs> But do we praise the Lord when he says no? Should we praise the Lord when he says, he says no? Yes, because if that prayer had been answered, maybe it would be to our detriment somewhere in the near future or in the future or to our family or something. You see, God knows best. Father knows best. An old mechanic. Harrington. He was, I was only 16 at the time, 
working down on repairing. We had six bulldozers on one job and was repairing. And he'd be hammering away at different things and undoing bolts and I'd be working with him. And he'd get to something and, he, and he'd, he'd say, where's your dad? I don't know. He says, Father knows best. He used to say that phrase all the time. I just remember it. He wasn't a Christian. I don't know if he eventually become a Christian from the witnessing, but our Father knows best. If he says no, it's for your good and benefit. And if he says wait, well, that's okay. <laughs> we have to have patience. And uh, Job, Job, he had to learn that, didn't he? He, he went through all those arguments with those fellas. I don't know how he was able to reason and argue with those fellas when he's full of sores and boils and he's skinny as a, his, his bones stuck out. It says it in there. And yet he was still able to think soundly there in the book of Job. Wait. And then as he waited, God spoke. 38, 39. Wonderful revelations there. I just finished it the other day. Okay, so how's he answering it? Yes, no, wait. We would want it done now. You see, we live in a 70-year whatever time frame. I, I need it now. <laughs> let, it, let the Lord have his way and time.